You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm so excited about this episode. Truly, truly, this is one of the most remarkable people that I have met. He is a real life Indiana Jones type guy. He's just going on these incredible adventures, but he's bringing back great gifts for all of us, for all of us to enjoy. And many of us, as you're gonna find out today, are getting access to things that he's made possible. We might not even realize it. We might be putting it into our smoothies every day. Something that he's brought to the market is incredible, but even more so, he has a huge heart and bigger vision for sustainability, for helping every part of the process of nourishing our citizens, but taking care of the land that our food comes from, taking care of the people involved in growing the food that nourishes our body and takes care of the land where it comes from. All of this matters, and this is a bigger conversation that needs to be had. And I first connected with this guy. Uh, you know, we've known about each other for, for a while now, but we actually got to meet face-to-face at his place. And it's like in the hills and valleys, all this stuff I'm very new to. I don't know about this stuff. You know, I'm from St. Louis. It's pretty flat. But out here, we got the cliffs and the valleys and all this stuff. And he gave me the directions, you know, to his place. And I for sure thought that I was about to just drive off the side of a cliff on accident where he's telling me to make this right turn at. It just didn't look right. I didn't like it, you know, my, my city, my, but of course, like, you know, I grew up somewhat in the country as well. So I, I still, I, ch- I channeled that and made it there. And I saw this land that was just, man, something happened there, you can tell. And what happened, and I believe it was during the filming of this incredible show that I'm going to tell you about, the wildfires destroyed his, his home. He lost his home while he was doing something to help the rest of the world, to help us, to impact the lives, literally of millions of people at this point, what he was doing. And at the same time, his, his home, he was losing everything that he had. And so I pop up there and he's built this little, it looked like it was on another planet. It looked like I was in that movie with Matt Damon on Mars, this little gazebo thing that was built there, but he had it packed with, you know, these incredible foods, created a vibe there as he's, you know, putting the pieces back together. You know, he's building a new place. He still has his property there, you know, but um, he's just been somebody who's going above and beyond to create access to health and wellness for so many people and sustainability and just a, such a cool person. And the, the show that he was filming was this show became the number one show on Netflix called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. And maybe you've seen the show, but I definitely think at the end of this, you're definitely going to want to check it out. And you get to hear the intention behind the show. And the show itself, you know, even my family, we get together and we've watched um, various episodes of the show. And it's just, it's cool. It's something that brings people together, but it also changes your thinking. And you realize that there are solutions to our biggest problems. And that's really at the end of the day, that's what we need exposure to. So, uh, but the show just took off. Came the number one show on Netflix, which is a big deal for a show about education and adventure and heart to become the number one show. 
at a time. This was during, you know, shutdown times. So it gave an infusion of hope at a time we really needed. But you're going to find out too, there's a lot of synchronicities uh, with our special guest today. So again, make sure to check out the show. Let's dive in deep in this episode and get to know our special guest a little bit more. And before we get to him, we're going to jump to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled The Most Important Work by Grateful and We. Awareness is a critical aspect of the journey to fixing the healthcare and food systems in our country. Thank you for bringing it. Yes, awareness is a critical aspect. Thank you so much for leaving me that review over on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate it so very much. And if you've yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for The Model Health Show. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is Darren Olian, and he's the co-host with Zac Efron of the widely popular Netflix docuseries called Down to Earth. And he's a highly recognized exotic superfood hunter and supplement formulator. He's also the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Super Life. And now on this episode, we get to dive in and find out the story behind the individual who's brought superfoods to so many people. So let's jump into this conversation with Darren Olian. Well, I first met you, I dropped into your place mm. and you know, you had to drop a pin. It's one of those places. You can't just find it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, if I make this right, right here, I'm going to go off of a cliff. Mm. I'm very unfamiliar with the, with the hills and, and, and valleys of California. And so I take this little, eh, little itsy bitsy road to your place. And it is just the most incredible vibe, mm. you know, that I, re I really needed that, man. You know, and you setting up shop there with that energy. There's superfoods abundant around your place. Chaga, your dog, got to meet, got to meet Chaga. It's just an incredible experience, man. But I want to talk about how you landed there, mm. you know, because you're from Minnesota, right? Yeah. So totally. how, how did you get from Minnesota to the valley that scares Sean, California? <laughs> like how? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, I was a normal kid in Minnesota, you know, I, I kind of started to understand I was a little bit of the black sheep of the family, you know, um, but, you know, my dad was an ag professor at the University of Minnesota. Interesting. Um, which I didn't, it didn't, it wasn't conscious at the time, but I knew what he did and I was proud of him and, you know, I, you know, practice grading some of his students, uh, papers and stuff. And, and so we were, and my grandfather sold tractors in South Dakota. All of my cousins literally are ranchers and farmers. And, and so to me, it was a great great wholesome kind of way of growing up um and and then you know well kind of all the way back what set this trajectory of really why i showed up in in the hills of malibu was i was born two months early i was three and a half pounds i've since had like spontaneous crazy trippy recapitulations of my birth is weird as that sounds in transpersonal psychology program I was in, I literally had, we were doing regressive work and I had this intense moment of the birth process for me. And so I, I almost died uh, several times. I was in an incubator. Um, I was tiny. 
Um, and they were like, the brain may not be developed, the lungs aren't developed. And, and so this set my trajectory from the point of view that having a body and living this life, you, this is really vulnerable. Like I feel scared, vulnerable, weak. So I, I since from that moment, I had several things I had to kind of overcome. I had a resting heart rate of 120 beats per minute upon waking. So my thyroid was messed up. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with my dad was a part of the, the dragon keepers. He worked on atomic bombs. Uh, Holy moly. Yeah, on the, uh, 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 in the JFK days and um cuban missile crisis he was part of the blockade and so he since had a thyroid uh his thyroid went to put kaput so i don't know if that was correlated at all or something but anyway so it was a bumpy road in a lot of different ways as a kid but then at 13 in the middle of minnesota i started i started a grapefruit cleanse spontaneously mom didn't even know she just bought me a bag of grapefruits and I just started eating those all the time for days and I was the first time cognitively and consciously I felt different and the the medication I was doing from a ADD and ADHD and kind of the unsettledness in my body I was drinking about five to six bottles of coke a day like old-fashioned bottles of coke and when I stopped that I started eating grapefruits I was like Wow, I feel amazing. And so cut to at 16, I picked up my first dumbbell and I started realizing that, oh, I can build this body and what I eat can fuel this body. And I have choice because I didn't think I had a choice. And so in that process, I then went from 16 years old, 13 to 16 and working out and obsessively working out. I have addictive gene in my personality, my father ended up passing away 17 years ago, alcoholism. So my addiction turned luckily good. uh, And I just fueled my body. So I went from, you know, 135 pounds at 16 and gained 60 pounds uh, and started playing football. And, and well, I played football, but obviously it was a lot different once I, and so defensive end and never leaving the field and fullback and all of that stuff. So then I ended up cut to uh, starting fullback in, in, at a school, a college in Minneapolis, my sophomore year, um, beating out all the big guys. Like I was 200, 210 pound fullback, which was small for a fullback, but I loved to hit. And so I was super stoked for that season. And then and then the first game, I got crushed by this linebacker and it tore my sacral plexus, the ligaments on my sacrum. And uh, it froze up after the game, like the natural Novocaine wore off and then it ended my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, you know, the human spirit stepped in again. And it was like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. So then I changed my major. I left that school. It's too hard to be around my teammates and not being able to play studying physiology, kinesiology, nutrition in, in, in my undergrad, kind of a liberal arts approach to health mm-hmm. um, because I was in a liberal arts school. So I was able nutrition and physiology and uh, applied uh, uh, 
you know, training and, and learning out, even learning how to tape ankles. Like it was a wide variety, but nutrition stood out, physiology stood out and kinesiology stood out. The, the study of movement to this day, like I can go in and feet and go, Oh yeah, that muscle is firing and this muscle isn't. And okay, cool. And so then after college, I ended up apprenticing with uh, a physiologist exercise physiologist that was doing movement work mm -hmm. with people who were doing injuries and get having injuries and stuff so long story short i did that for a while but the nutrition thing and then this doctor who was retired uh ended up doing like coming to my house and telling me nutrition is the answer what i did isn't nutrition is the answer so he started kind of before the internet was crazy uh, he had functional uh, medical uh, journals and things that he would drop off and he would basically lecture me like uh, what? Yeah, it was crazy. And then he passed away. But I did. It didn't fully sink in yet because I was still from the old school, like eat tons of protein, eat all of this stuff and eat, 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 over consume. And it didn't matter kind of what the quality was. And then that finally shifted. I had digestive problems and acidic and all of that stuff. And then I started questioning like the protein uh, as it's, and I was like, I was starting seeing the research of recycling of amino acids. When, when uh, autophagy happens, the body's really keen on keeping things that are hard to get. And mm -hmm. those are building blocks, amino acids. So when the cells are sloughing off, the body kind of, and then obviously the body changes in every nanosecond, but it does try to reserve and preserve and, and, and use those amino acids. So I was like, oh, I started questioning how much protein I was consuming based on what I actually needed. And then I was like, I don't think I need meat, dairy, fish, or eggs. So I literally just did an experiment, you know, N of one and uh, backed into it and doubled my workouts. I started doing biathlons, triathlons, weight training, and all of that stuff to feel what my body needed. Um, and I was like, wow, I feel amazing. And I, I, I stopped altogether. I stopped eating all meat, fish, dairy, and eggs. So, so that just, you know, then I got completely to, to answer your question is I know this is very long, then I got fascinated back into nutrition with looking at labels and food and realizing, oh, why are these people making compromises? Because these foods, some of which have been used for 10,000 years, 20,000 years with Ayurveda, um, the marketing doesn't match the science. The marketing doesn't match the bottle. It doesn't, the, the efficacy. So then I was like, now, long story short, and full circle, my DNA went to, I got to meet the farmers of where these things are from. That was just a no brainer. Where are they? They're in the Amazon. They're on the sovereign mountains of Tibet. They're on islands. They're like, and I was like, okay, so let's go. Like I'm, I'm researching, I'm looking, I'm tasting, I'm experimenting, I'm playing with formulas. Next obvious step for me was just jump on a plane and show up meet the farmer look at the the holism of what's happening how are they growing it what are they using what's the 
ethnobotanical approach to this? How can we look at it not just as the food, but make sure the food and the supplement or the botanical is preserved and grown correctly? And then how does it translate into the bottle? It has to go through a HACCP certification and FDA and all of these regulatory principles without killing it. And so then I was, I'd, I'd go to the Amazon for the first time in like 2002, three, and I was like, I came away with a hundred things I'd never heard of. So then of course the curiosity is just exploding with like, people don't know about this and this and this and Maka and Sasha Inchi and Yacon and Shazandra. And like, I was like, what the hell? And so that led to the last 20 years of superfood hunting. And then luckily in that, I was putting formulas together. I was starting my own stuff because I was like, no one else is doing this. No one else sees what I see that I can tell. So I'm gonna put this together and create a business. And then in the process of formulation of that, I ran out of money doing all of that. And then Beachbody uh, came to me and I ended up uh, formulating for them uh, a Shakeology, a superfood blend. Uh, and it was a, you know, it was an incredible combination because they let me just do my thing. Yeah, you share with me too what you put into it. That's why it took yeah. a lot of time for yeah. you to formulate it. Yeah, and the investment was kind of like upfront of your energy. Mm. You know, to see all the back end results, I think it's been like three billion dollars that they've done or something crazy like that. Over, but, yeah, four yeah. billion in over the last eleven years. And that's just something that, that you formulated, but most folks don't know where it comes from. And so yeah. many of these superfoods folks know about today. Yeah. You were one of the people getting it out there and yeah. available in the world, even the the, the realization of it. Mm. That's what I love about you. The term superfood hunter, you were that. Like you go mm. and track this stuff down. Yeah. It's so remarkable. And then you landing in a space because when when I first met you, when I came over, I, I just assumed you were from here. You know, you got yeah. that vibe, but mm. you were you really a worldly person, mm. you know, mm. all the different things you've you've seen and experienced and bringing that stuff back. But when I found out, as soon as you told me you were from Minnesota, I literally was like, <laughs> I only know like three people from Minnesota. And one of them I talk with today, Dr. Alan Christensen, literally. Oh, cool. I know Prince and Kirby Puckett. And then that's it. You know, I'm <laughs> nice. like, what? Darren, really? And then oh. to hear your story. Mm. And now, because I didn't know that, like about mm. your dad. Mm. And that, like, there's this nature versus nurture yeah. thing. And you just shared so much about even the way you came into the world, mm. I just, this freaks me out about you, man. Like this is the second time that this has happened because these things were happening mm. when I first met you, but the, the synchronicities, mm. I just started reading an article about infant uh, amnesia, you know, basically not being able to remember stuff, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty much for most folks before the age of four. Yeah. And I've got like bits and pieces of some experiences before that, which is my wife, she's always tripped out. She's like, how do you remember that? I remember that. Mm -hmm. But if we could, I think we were designed in a way to protect us from the pain in a sense, because just imagine how traumatizing that would be. Like if you remember, yeah. you know, coming out football style and like somebody's cutting your umbilical cord from your mom, you know. So, but for you to share that, like it, there was so many things, it was like, oh, there's such an mm. essence of of truth there that's goes untold, mm. you know what I mean? But I wanted to also ask you about with you being in that in, in the in the place that you are today, dude, something really remarkable happened 
recently. And my wife, she just told you the story. She was getting her hair done. And you were on TV, on Netflix mm -hmm. with the show uh, Down to Earth mm -hmm. with you and Zac Efron. And, you know, your team and my team have been talking for a little while, but she was like, she pointed my head. She was like, you have to watch the show. <laughs> this guy's amazing. And she, usually the people she actually introduces me to ends up being like my, my best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how, what kind of juju that is. Um, but I'm super curious, man. Like for something to come about, you've been behind the scenes mm. and you went from that to like literally big screen. Mm. So how, how did that even take place the down to earth thing yeah so um it's kind of it's a very serendipitous thing so for the last 10 years people say my god you gotta film superfood hunting it's just so fascinating because you get to see culture you get to influence people the environment if you do it well right conscious consumerism like make sure everyone especially the farmers are taken care of especially in areas that really, really, really need it. And they're suffering in a lot of different ways. So that was always my approach. Have I been successful? I try my damnedest to understand them. Um, and so, but, you know, I didn't need to do a TV show. I wanted to do anything to get the understanding of transparency and consumerism and understanding and collapse this divide of food. And then even more so collapse it of supplements, right? So because people don't know what or where or even still 90%, probably more than that, you don't even know where it's from. Even the people selling it, they don't have their hand in transparency or full understanding of where it's from. And they certainly don't know the farmers. So I just kind of said, okay, uh, I've walked away from production deals and it just wasn't, it was going to be so much effort on my part and it wasn't there. They just didn't get it. So I, I just said, well, I've been exposed to water problems, uh, population problems and struggle and children dying of waterborne diseases at a rate of 6,000 uh, a day uh, around the world. I'm involved in the environment. I'm involved with, guys with clean energy tech for the last 17 years things that people don't know but these are my every aspect of life moving forward i'm interested in right so i was like let's scrap this idea not totally of superfood hunting let's make it a little more whole let's talk about pollution let's talk about solutions let's talk about what other people are doing around the world because people don't know i've seen way too much incredible people and also technology that can save uh, a lot of things sovereignty of water power food shelter these things absolutely exist now and you know without slamming the government but i'm going to slam the government uh they are largely ineffective when it comes down to when you're in a village and these people are suffering, I've been in Western Africa and Senegal looking at baobab fruit, an incredible revered baobab trees, sitting with the elders and talking to them about potentially let's, let's work together. I'll pay you X for these that are naturally on your, on your, on your land. And, and then I had, had one question, how's your water? I already knew the answer right? Horrible. And it's like, you know, they didn't say this, but I'm saying this. It's like Russian roulette. You need to drink it, but it could be. So I said, do you have five minutes? Can I 
show you how to clean your water. And so in five minutes, uh, I showed them how to clean their water and I drank it and everyone just freaked out. And, you know, and, and so that's always been the approach. So bottom line is I scrapped the whole same idea and I expanded it. So long story short, uh, a, a podcast I was on that Rich Roll I was on Rich Roll's podcast a few, I've been on it several times, but this was, I don't know, the first or second one. Zach heard it and he was touched by something. I don't really know exactly at the time, but then Rich knew some people that knew him. So his people reached out to Rich and Rich said, is it cool that I give Zach your number? And I was like, sure. You know, if you and I can probably swap stories of how many celebrities or athletes want something, but then maybe do it or don't do it, or it's kind of a, ends up to be a waste of time. So I wasn't holding my breath and I really didn't know about Zach. I, I knew who he was. And uh, three months later, I get this random cold text, meaning like I didn't know the number and it was him. And so it was very sweet. We ended up going out to eat, talking about everything from health and superfoods and supplements and life and perspective and just end up connecting. And at the very end, um he said what else are you doing i have this idea for a show i wasn't even pitching him i had no idea he would want to do anything like that so long story short he calls me back after that two and a half hour meeting and he said i have a deal at netflix but it's a completely different show that i don't want to do and i talked to my team and we think we can change the idea to this and i'll travel with you boom and it happened incredible mm. That is nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. It's those synchronicities. It was already aligned. And this is important. If I didn't say, if I didn't start and listen to myself about what I wanted and I started moving on developing it and stuff, it was now something developing as real. Right. So I was able to voice it. And in that voicing, it resonated with Zach. Yeah. It wasn't me reaching out to Zach. It wasn't. It was this magnetic thing and, and you know, the, the, the reception of the show. Now, listen, I wanted to go a lot deeper on the show, right? And it, I almost walked away when we were in Puerto Rico. We actually filmed that first. It wasn't in the order, order of the show that came out, but that, that's we filmed first. And I was frustrated because I'm like, uh, am I going to be involved in something about a celebrity and like this shit I care about? I live this. And the last thing I want is some watered down bullshit. And so I straight up was telling the whole production like this. And, and what I realized is that trust in them and them understanding what we're doing truly. And I believe me, I spent time saying, this is what this show is about. Mm-hmm. It's about moving forward and health of the people and health of the planet, period. And then they adopted. They didn't, maybe didn't come from this place, but they took it on and they were touched. And so letting go of my control and realizing that they have some serious talent in sharing a story mm-hmm. that's reachable to people that aren't, you know, putting on slippers and you know, wishing under rainbows, you know, they're normal people. And so I trusted them and man, 
and the reception, the timing. It was like the number one show. Yeah. And this was, of course, during the, the shutdowns, you know, quarantine times. So yeah. like the universe yeah. opened that portal even wider mm. for more people to be impacted. And I'm sure that you've probably received an absolute flood, an absolute barrage of stories of folks who've had their lives changed just from watching it to and this, thinking differently. To this day, every day. Hundreds of thousands of messages. It's unbelievable. You it's, know, you yeah. know why? One of the big, of course, you know why. I'm just like, you know why? <laughs> but it, it helps us to see things that we normally don't see. Mm. You know, like we are facing so many different issues. And this is what I really, really love about you, man. And I love your free, I love your standards. Mm. When you were talking about walking away, that really hit me, man. Like mm. for real, because it's the, it's the concern, it's the care that you have for what's, what matters most, mm. you know? And for folks to actually see, like we're facing issues today with, you know, our water and most people have no idea about it. Yeah. You know, we got something coming through the tap. It seems like it's friendly and it's clean, it's pure water. Yeah. But the, the chemicals that are added to our water, we, there are better methods and they yeah. exist. Yeah. And there are nations that are you taking advantage of the technology and you guys show it. Yeah. You know, the, the deforestation taking place, there are sustainable methods. Like we can, all the, the, all the animals that are going extinct, yeah. that are endangered, you know, like we're just wiping out so much of the planet. And it's not a matter of like, we can't have our needs met. It's just a matter of not having sustainable practices. Mm -hmm. And here in the United States, there's so many things that we can, the technology exists, the methods exist to do things better. And so let's, I wanna talk about a couple of these. And when you first got here, my son Braden, because he told me before, you know, he went to, to his class, he was like, dad, can you tell your friend that I really like his show? <laughs> And I was like, you tell him, you know, when he gets here, I'll call you down. And that's the first thing he said to you, you know, like even for kids, yeah. you know, like he, he really got, he was like, and he was picking like, dad, can we watch the next one with the bees, you know? Um, but let's talk about water first. Yeah. Uh, that was the France episode. Mm. And by the way, if you ever seen Down to Earth with Zach and Darren, <laughs> Come on. let's go. I mean, I think of course, like tons of people are going to watch it now. It's, it's so beautifully done. Of course, mm. like you said, it's that trust and, mm. you know, the cinematography and the, and the vibes and also the teaching and the, and the, the things we pick up. But I saw, uh, a, so first of all, talk about the water sommelier mm. experience. And then let's talk about the systems that they're using in France and parts of France. I don't think it's all over, but at mm. least they've got like some pilot things going. Mm. The way that they're doing their water and their water treatment is just remarkable yeah. compared to what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that was super special. Um, the sommelier was, this was a big debate because you know I've spent a lot of time with some of the top water scientists in the world. Um, I went to Bulgaria at the water conference, literally it exists where all they share their data together of all these guys. So the water conversation from dead water to live water and what, chemically biologically quantumly is going on with water will blow your mind so when we were discussing water the water episode i wanted to get into that deep 
pun intended. <laughs> I was like, and, come on. <laughs> and yeah. and it was in, and listen, it was hard to it. It would have been a whole film, uh, the whole series talking about the miraculousness and the power and the understanding and the not understanding of water. So the, so the miraculousness of water, but the but the the way we decided to do it was through this Lourdes talk because it it exists and it really is starting it's just the literally the start of the conversation about what potential this is yeah. right this this has properties that demonstrate from a quantum reality right it demonstrates chemically it demonstrates biologically and he's holding water right now yeah by by what is done to the water and what is, I mean, the, the Emoto's work was revolutionary, right? Why, while putting emotion and words on bottles, on glasses, and then, and then taking and then freezing the geometry of what was happening based on emotion, essentially, based on words, they realized that, that was communicating in, in the quantum way to the organizing principle mm -hmm. of water. And it was demonstrated, if you say love, that water is literally changing itself to demonstrate an organizing principle of love, right? So, and listen, if people are going, what is he talking about? It's frequency, it's vibes, right? So you can, you can hook up frequencies to a plate and pour sand on it and hit certain frequencies and that sand will organize itself in perfect geometry. You can find this all over YouTube. Like something you can do in seventh grade. So it's not out of the realm of frequency and hertz and all of this stuff communicating. So what we decided was like, let's go to the place that is unexplainable, that there's miracles happening. And that's happening still in, in Lourdes. And the... the um, you talked about the sommelier, but I'm kind of getting into the the doctor and the miraculousness of that. So that that goes into I'll probably just end it, bookend it there. But that episode was demonstrating that there's a lot more going on with water. And then when we talked to the sommelier here in L.A., we then talked about kind of the mechanics of water, like what's in it. And the amount of minerals and water is not just water, right. right? And so literally these natural places around the world, he's coming in with bottles of water that are from natural sources. They're not created by man. And it tastes like Elka-Seltzer or it's got huge amounts of magnesium. So it becomes kind of this functional beverage right. that is technically exactly still water, right? So... So the water episode was just a drop in the ocean of what water is and isn't and what it can do uh, and how it can influence the body and et cetera. So these principles that you're talking about are so real. It's just we, I think we were largely jaded by water, but we are mostly that. Yeah. And to think that water can't do these things on the surface. And now, again, like these things... You can replicate mm -hmm. these studies, but water is a is a 
storage center for data, for information. You can store information on in water. We talk about the cloud, you know, it's made of water. Yeah. But truly water has an intelligence where it can become whatever it interacts with. And I talk about this all the time. There is no pure H2O anywhere in nature. Exactly. It does not exist. It doesn't exist. But when we were in school, we're taught we need to get H2O, make sure you mm. get plenty of pure water. That's not how water works. Yeah. And so in that episode, so I've been talking about this stuff, even like find a spring, like one of the people I've been helping people to get, right. you know, on there over the years, you know, Daniel Vitalis, but the TDS. Yeah. And I was like looking for that ideal everyday drinking water. But then I really got it. Like sometimes the super high TDS can have healing properties for different things. Yeah. And it, and it is able to get where it needs to go in your body more effectively because it's in a water medium. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you had like, Talk about one of the high T, it was like 7,000 or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? So there is a clarity to make on TDS too, because when you look at TDS stands for total dissolved solids. So in nature, if we say TDS, you're presuming that it's, there's no man-made contaminants and toxins. So then if you measure the value of TDS, then you're going, okay, TDS, this, this has... 7,000 uh, parts per million of, of magnesium, for example, right? So, so from a TDS perspective, cool. But TDS now in modern day world is also the total of every total dissolved solid. Right. right. So we have to be very careful. And something mm-hmm. we didn't unpack enough in the episode was if I go to your tap right now, and I turn that on and I see a high TDS, let's call it, it's probably about 500, I've tested so many, 500 parts per million. And you're like, oh my God, this is a great water. It's got a lot of minerals and all of that stuff. But mm. if you break that down, pesticides, herbicides, fifth folates from plastic, uh, uh, you know, drugs that we flush down the toilet are too small to filter out through these you know mechanisms that we've had so chlorine chlorine fluorides all of this and then you have interactions with chlorine with other volatile compounds so then you have unknown things showing up in your waterways the whole idea of chlorine is like i get it it's a it's a way to make sure that you're not having deadly bacteria kill you upon drinking it so there's a reason why they're putting because they have to measure it so that for the most part as far as that's traveling that it's going to kill off bad bacteria and pesticides and whatever or or parasites or whatever so now we have to look at total dissolved solids as a completely different thing and you have to look at it like the majority of what's in your tap is going to be unwanted total dissolved solids. So my point of view is you have to actually strip that water down to build it back up again, right? So reverse osmosis, distillation, but then you have to make sure that you do not drink that on its own or else that will, it's it's an empty vessel that's looking to balance itself chemically through the electrolytes. It will steal it from your body if you drink it without adding a pinch of Himalayan crystal salt, a pinch of unrefined crystal salt, or there's, you know, other kinds of minerals that you can add to it that will help then 
create hydration in your body because your body or your cells need that in order for the hydration to go in and out of the cell. So that's the most important thing. So the tap water is not a healthy thing. You have to strip it down in order to build it back up in order to actually get cellular hydration. Right. That's such a great point of clarity because when we get the TDS from natural sources, you know, natural spring water, for example, that is more functional. You know, it's not some abnormal thing that's added. And I want to ask you about this because this was highlighted in that episode uh, in France. Instead of adding chemicals to the water, which again, this is to, and again, I've said this many times, the intention behind it, I get it. Yeah. To, we don't want it, you, you know, consuming any pathogenic, whatever that can kill you very quickly. Like you said early in the story, when folks, it's a Russian roulette situation. Mm-hmm. But there are better ways to go about it rather than adding something that doesn't care what kind of bacteria it is. Yeah. It's killing stuff in you too. Yeah. And so they were using this incredible system and the water's coming out all over the city at these different uh, water distribution points, mm-hmm. like all over the place. And their process is really remarkable. Can you talk about what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, they were using, um, they did still use uh, a little bit of chlorine, but what they did is they killed... So they recycle, so the water's coming in, they had to clean it. Um, but the primary thing is the oxygenation right. that they yeah. created. And, and, and we know that high oxygen environments and people can extrapolate this towards, a bo- towards the body too. When you create a, a, a higher ability for your body to saturate and to receive oxygen, it creates a different environment. So when you have a high oxygen environment in water, then the anaerobic bacteria, virus, fungus can't survive. So that they, they had these very cool like cauldrons of bubbling and moving and oxygenating the water. So that water was high oxygen, uh, balanced pH water going out. But the only problem is that it still had to, so leaving, perfect, beautiful but it still had to go through piping right, and stagnant yeah. water in any pipe is, is, is as soon as something stops moving, it's starting to die and breed bacteria, virus, or fungus. So they still had to add a little chlorine right. to make sure that as it's leaving the facility, even though it's deemed a, a great balanced water, um, they still had to use a little of the chlorine. Yeah. But, but again, this is moving in the, in a better direction, not to mention the obvious, the providing clean water for everyone in the city, instead of having a, 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 you know, a, a weird world where we're putting water in petroleum containers and that's called plastic and that plastic for everyone listening, the softer the plastic is, the more estrogen mimicking compounds they use to make it soft so that is leaching into your water and those energy mimic or there's those um, estrogen mimicking compounds are infusing into your water which is largely leading along with several other hormone disrupting activities we're doing of toxicities in our environment it's neutering us and affecting and causing a hormone disruption so so it's a really bad idea to be drinking 
obviously if you're in a you know if you're traveling and you know i wouldn't suggest staying dehydrated drink yeah. water but don't make that a normal I think we habit talk, do we talk about that <laughs> i think so yeah yeah you yeah you had a story where yep. you were like i'm not drinking any of that and i'm gonna stay dehydrated. So I, yeah i was just gonna just basically you know murder myself yeah of dehy with de dehydration rather than drinking out of plastic like we don't want to be neurotic right you know but you know functionally like you said there's so many different degrees of this and, and none, yeah. none of these systems really are going to be perfect, but there's better, Yeah, you know, there's so exactly. much better that we could be doing. And on that, when you said neutering, like that's a real thing. Yeah. In, even in Eat Smarter, I share some of the studies related to, you know, uh, B, BPA and infertility and the yeah. studies are pretty shocking, Yeah, but it's not just BPA, there's BPS, no. there's other exactly. compounds and it's just understanding water is a universal, it's the universal solvent. And these, these things we're putting them into, you know, they photodegrade, yeah. you know? And so with that system, didn't they, did they also use, um, so I know they use oxygen, so it was ozone. Yeah. And yeah, and it was also available for everybody, you know? So okay. this is a better way that we can get this stuff done. But even with that, another thing that you guys highlighted was sustainability with powering you know, powering your cities. Yeah. What do you do with all of the, you know, a lot of folks are concerned about the CO, the CO2. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that, what the folks in Iceland were doing? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Iceland's a unique place because they have two forms of environmental energy systems that, that are quite abundant and that is geothermal. So you have a lot of activity underneath the ground of heat and molten, you know, streams of lava. Uh, and changes anytime you have changes of heat you can gobble up and you can use that exchange for power just like just like they have uh tens of thousands of of rivers and you dam a few of them and just by the movement the kinetic movement of water you can capture that and move turbines so they are they're very unique from that perspective um, and, and in the episode, they saw this new borehole that they just were going to start capping. And it was just this Mother Earth screaming and loud and powerful. It's like almost just overwhelming. And, uh, and so they were capturing just this natural power that Mother Earth had there. And the cool thing they were doing with the CO2 and part of the process, there was a certain amount of CO2 that came out. So in, instead of letting it go into the atmosphere, they were capturing the CO2 and then injecting the CO2 back into the natural um, rock surfaces. And so then it would naturally just kind of absorb and make a rock formation. And so that was a really cool technology that I had no idea about. Um, that can be adopted in any sort of industry that's releasing um, CO2. And I mean, the lumber industry and all of those things, could you be utilizing that? I mean, that's a whole discussion, uh, an archaic. Uh, hey, we were just of, talking about yeah. number two pencils. Yeah. And just <laughs> using wood for building is just a really bad idea. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know about anybody else. I've never seen a number one pencil. I've never seen a number four. Yeah. So those number two stuck, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so now this is what, you know, for so many people, you're really 
known for is bringing these superfoods mm. to public awareness, but also going to the place, <laughs> talking with the people who are putting everything together, who's growing the food, making sure every part of it is done ethically and everybody is winning. And of course, in the different episodes, you guys are going on location, doing the thing, superfood hunting. You find these random things that you guys are like, you chop down and like, just so many things that we have no idea where something might come from. Yeah. And just questions of like, why have I never seen this before? Well, it's because of, you know, it, it can't travel well or whatever the case might be. You answer so many questions, but in your travels, you discovered, my team, we're over here, we're all snacking on it. This is my favorite snack that I keep on my counter. Can you talk about Barucas? Yeah. Like why, why, why this mm. and, just talk about how remarkable it is. Because again, it's one of my, I keep it on the counter. It's one of my favorite snacks. It's its crazy. You know, this was, um, Baruka's the nut, the story, the connection to the environment. This is from, you know, nearly 20 years of doing this. This was like checking all the boxes of, of kind of looking through the lens of ethnobotany. And ethnobotany is not just looking at a linear approach, a reductionist approach. Like I just need to take this nut and sell it to the U.S. The ethnobotanical lens is looking at culture. It's looking at the people. It's looking at the farmers. It's looking at the environment. It's looking at the the trade. It's looking at the history. It's looking at all of these things and understanding that. And that's exhausting, to in a good way to be able to try to come in as a white dude in the middle of some heavy disparity in terms of no money in the middle of the Saharu. The Saharu, the tropical savanna where the Barozeta tree is grown and the Barucas come from, it's this technically a shrub, but it's a tree. You look at it, it's like, yeah, it's a tree, but it's in the Fibacacia family. So it's it's technically a, a big shrub, um, but it it's a nitrogen fixer, right? So it pulls abundance of nitrogen out of, and, and actually not only for itself, but all the plants around it. So it's a grand, it's a sacred tree. You find that right away when you're talking to the indigenous people. And we had some incredible meetings of PhDs all the way to tribal el elders, this badass woman that was 35 years old and running kind of the tribal as a tribal leader and we're like listen uh we want to do this as trade we're going to pay more than it's been what's been going on country uh this is what we want to do and could we do this in your area and 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 you know you got to do that you got to come in with humility and understanding and learn like how would this work for you like how is this going to happen so the sahadu the tropical savanna is 500 million acres no one knows of this place it's this call it the sister of the amazon right so it, it mostly brazil southern southern end of brazil into paraguay and bolivia and it is one of the most diverse biomes in the world with harboring over 4400 plants right no one knows about it and it's not the 
huge canopy of the Amazon, but it's a tropical savanna. So you have kind of deserty areas like a Joshua tree in California to like a semi-tropical and everything in between. It goes through a drought, about nine months of a drought. So the Barozeta tree taps deep, deep and hits the aquifer and feeds itself from the water from the aquifer. At, at the same time, fixing this nitrogen for the plants around it. So it's an incredible, and then these nuts, this fruit has this, it's technically called a droop. So it's a fruit, it's got this thin fruit layer with one nut inside. And the beautiful thing, I think it had humans in mind because you cannot pick it early. It does not form the nut until the last moment. And as soon as it's done forming the nut, it drops to the ground. So you can't go out and pick it up and like, nuts not there. And so uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's natural. It's, it's, it's a wild food. So the Baruch is, is a wild food. For us to be able to scale a business is insane for what we did. In a landmass the size of three states of Texas at 500 million acres to gather around community after community after community of thousands of people indigenous people of people like we weren't the first people that wanted to do this but we were we were looked at as disappointment because i bit dude i've been in situations so many times where some dude came in promised the world and they didn't deliver so so you have to really take a trusting steps together. Like you pick this, we'll pay you for the next 20 years. That's our motto. We're going to pay you. You're going to know. We're going to announce our price. So someone can't undercut you. We're going to pay and all of that stuff. And that's a big deal, right? So we're creating stability for people that have nothing in the middle of the savanna that don't want to leave. That's where they're from. And we're paying them better than what they paid. We're consistent. And listen, everyone listening, I hope you check out these nuts and eat them because you're creating stability for an ecosystem. You're creating stability for these fair wages for these people, consistency. And we're planting trees in the savannah because the sad, I've, 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 I've lost tears because of this. Because when you're in the middle of, if you don't think the climate is going through changes, now whether you can argue, well, it's always gone through changes, correct. But in when you're meeting people that have lived there generation after generation and say, this has never happened. Okay, it's never happened. And at the same time, you're driving thousands. I've driven thousands of kilometers through this savanna and you're seeing the stripping of the savanna for unsustainable factory farming of beef and then unsustainable practice of growing soy and corn. And you're knowing that 4,400 species of plants, thousands of species of animals, and you're knowing that medicinal plants, barozeta tree, barucas are there and that that is an economy that can be utilized and be beneficial for everybody because you look at, okay, it's an economic 
thing to grow the beef industry. Well, that's just a choice. You can grow many industries that keeps the environment intact. So when I'm seeing the stripping, it's just gutting. But then creating value back to these people that are not also going to sell off their land because they need to feed their children. That is a strong pull. So I don't hold them responsible. I hold the responsibility back to us. Stop eating so much meat. Stop eating unsustainable meat. Stop eating factory farmed crap. That's not good for you. Stop all that crap and support nutrient density. Support our company, other companies that are transparent and trying to do things good. So we're, we have tree planting programs. Uh, we're building back this, this uh, Barozeta tree. Um, it's a sacred tree to them. Uh, and we're creating stability back. And not to mention everyone eating them. Come on. They're the most delicious nut in the world. They're, they are so freaking good. On top of it, they have a nutrient density that blows every nut away through our scientific discovering, right? No, no uh, oxalates, uh, phytic acid, protease uh, inhibitors, none of that stuff. Hell, Dr. Gundry is his favorite nut. He's That's like, big deal. He's, yeah. He's the lectin guy. He's the lectin guy. So no oxalates, no lectins. Wow. Right? So it's his go-to. So that's a big deal. But the nutrient density, complete protein, yeah. the antioxidants, it's a wild food. Antioxidants mm. got nearly 400% more antioxidant phenolic tannin power than like an almond. Mm. When an almond is so bloody unsustainable mm. that the, in order to produce the most of the almonds are produced here in California, it's taking all of the water that it takes to give L.A., is the same amount of water that it takes to grow the almonds every year. It is so unsustainable. And this is, guess what? No pesticides, no herbicides, no water, wild food. We just pick it up and we leave one. For every th two we pick up, we leave one. So it's, it's, it's this natural thing. And, it, and, and we support the environment. We plant the trees. We help the people. And you, as a person who's willing to try it, it's tastes freaking amazing. And you're getting literally the most nutrient density. So fiber, three times, two times more fiber than the closest high fiber nut. Three times more than almost any one of them. Like I said, the antioxidant, complete protein, and then a, a, a lower fat content. So you're you're lower calories per bite than any nut, as well as all manganese, huge. So bone health, uh, insulin support, uh, antioxidant capacity, uh, obviously calcium, potassium, copper, iron. Like it's literally, so, so your question, as a superfood hunter, and I'm seeing superfoods to me, is a new definition. It's not just about the food. Mm. Is it super for the people that are picking it up? Is it super for you eating it? Is it super for the environment? Is it making life better getting that out in the world? And to the best of our ability, 
from as, as much research and as much conversations as we've had and the support of nature that we have in those communities, we would say absolutely yes. So transparent, open so that people can literally benefit. I can't stop myself when I realize that the people on the ground, the indigenous people benefit, the environment benefits, and the people consuming it benefit. As a superfood hunter, are you kidding? And we're gonna, and everything's, we're vertically integrated. And we've been FDA approved and HACCP certified and all of that stuff. And so I'd do that for free if it was sustainable. We need to make some money in order for that to continue to expand. But that's what I've been doing all my life. I've been making formulas and giving them to people. Yeah. And this is, again, a wide scale. So all your people listening I know are wonderful listeners and they care about those things. And so I'm challenging. I'm not just saying we're the only people doing it. And I know that more customers from clothing production to uh, better products for your babies to supplements to food people, everyone, I believe we need to vote with our dollars as customers. And, And this is what we need to do. So I'm challenging other businesses, other supplement companies, other food companies to step up because us as customers as the only thing keeping the lights on in these businesses, we demand what is in the marketplace. And we're proud of what we've been doing. Yeah, man, it's so, it's game changing. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that redefining superfoods Mm -hmm. because we have the opportunity to nourish ourselves at a completely different level and make the planet better, you know, leave it much better than when we got here. You know, but it's going to take a shift in thinking. So I love that so much. And and it's like, not easy. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make Nobody it easy. Nobody said it's going to be easy. It, you, you're, this has never yeah. left the country, essentially. Like, we, we, I mean, it's insane what we try, we've been trying to do. Organizing, you know, millions of acres and thousands of people. There's a reason why it never left. Baruchas was going away. They were shutting that nut was going away in the country. They couldn't even sell it sustainably inside the country. Guess what wow. they can do now? Sell it sustainably inside the country from what we did. Mm. So not only they are benefiting and eating their indigenous nut, but now we're able to get it out in the world. So it's not easy and it takes time. And it takes effort. But that effort, man, when you get to hang out with people and you get to sit around sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but your heart is there and you want it to happen and we're doing everything we can to continue you're a superhero man Mm. you're absolute superhero you are like you your life was setting you up for for these moments like Mm. you said you've been discovering things and putting formulas together and giving them away (laughs) you know and then you just keep moving on because there's an insatiable desire to discover and also to make things better you know, and like you said, it's not easy. And especially in the world right now, we need this more than ever. Yeah. And I love that redefining, but I also love the fact that this food, like you, I mean, you can't even make a comparison to an almond. It's like, an, it's like an almond that works out, that's been like <laughs> eating a really great, well-rounded, <laughs> unique, personalized diet. Like that's the taste and the the benefits from it are remarkable. And 
you know, I, I had Barucas prior, but when I was with you at your place, you gave me the Barucas, the trail mix. And I'm mm. just like, I literally, when I looked at the, I just saw the name before I looked at like what was in it. And I'm like, what the hell is he having here with a trail mix? Like, what's going to match up with this? It was the fruit that right. comes around the nut. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, I don't know if people will really like this. And then I opened it up and I started eating it. I'm like, people will really like this. Yeah. And my team just like, same thing. They had something like, this is so good. This is incredible. And it all comes together in this one, again, in the true words of a superfood, yeah. you know, nutrient dense, delicious, helping to really actually make the planet better yeah. food. It's just great. All It's a, a triple win. Yeah. You know? that, that fruit was a, I tell you, that was interesting because in that discovery was one of the trips and I was looking at this five-year-old fruit that hadn't been cracked open. So the fruit was there and I was looking at it and I looked at the one that I just picked up and I looked and they looked exactly the same. I'm like, how the hell is that fruit not breaking down after five years? It wasn't in some special place. It was in, it was in a warehouse. So it wasn't like sitting out in the sun. It wasn't being rained on, but it was just sitting. And I was like, you know what's going on in that thing? There's definitely antioxidants. There's definitely special fibers keeping it together. There's definitely high mineral content. There has to be. So I started literally in the back of a truck, bouncing around, taking a knife and carving out the fruit, putting it in a bag, bringing it home and testing it. And lo and behold, high antioxidants, prebiotics. Mm -hmm. So it literally has food for the good microflora. That blew me away. Wasn't expecting that. Again, more, more antioxidants, more iron, more all of that stuff. So I was like, and then we dried it and added it back. And again, the trail mix was born. So, you know, it's uh, that alchemy of it together. Just, it's kind of like a, I think of it like a graham, you know, right? eat a graham cracker back in the day. Of course. Yeah. I was so like 5% graham cracker, man. <laughs> yeah. They call me grams. <laughs> No one, no one called me that. Could have been. Yo, Graham. <laughs> um, no, so for me, I think it's like this this Graham cracker mm, like on right. steroids. Like yeah. It's just so good. That's and so crunchy. true. I didn't think about that. So it's like in a nice cheat, but you get all these benefits with it. Wow. That's so cool. And by yeah. the way, if you're like, where can I get them? Right now, barucas.com forward slash model. That's B-A-R-U-K-A-S dot com forward slash model course we're going to hook you up um this and again this is so much more than this term superfood has been something that's been proliferated in our culture yeah. recently but this is in that true domain where and i've always wondered these things but you were the guy and actually going and checking yeah. you know i'm just like wondering like how are the people being taken care of how is this process sustainable because we tend to find out something that's really great and then marketers mess things up yeah. And that's what's taken it so long and all the hours that you put in, all the the sweat equity into making this something real and sustainable. And so just, man, this is why, like, again, I told you, I want to support you, everything mm -hmm. that you do. You're one of my favorite people already. You know, shout out to Chaga, your dog. <laughs> you know, as soon as I got out of the car, he we had good vibes, but he looks like, you know, he could definitely like, he could definitely eat a person, you know? <laughs> But just, you're such a, a good person and you know, your heart's in the right place and you're putting in the work, man. Like you've done some absolutely, how many, how many countries have you been to like 
superfood hunting i don't know i think it's over 40 you know crazy man yeah crazy you know but all of this plays out in moments like this where we need it the most mm. our country more so than ever we need real deep nutrition yeah. we need to do things that create more sustainability because we've just been this consumption without seeing the the quote side effect but it's really direct effect yeah. you know we're not seeing where our food's coming from or where things are going once it's done and now it's like we're pulling back the veil and we're showing folks, here's what happens if we do it this way. Here's what can happen if we do it this way. Yeah. And you're one of those people, man. So just huge, huge props, man. I appreciate you truly for what you're doing. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm so stoked that we got to connect and I love what you're doing. And it's just the start, man. We yeah. need it more than ever to help change the trajectory of how things have been done. Yeah. So put in the work, everybody, no matter what you're doing, where you're at, get to it. We need it. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thank Can't you. wait for more. That's right. Darren, <laughs> my man. Take All care, right. man. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. It's one of my all-time favorite topics. Obviously, I'm a big fan of food. Uh, I've been in this space for almost 20 years now, studying nutrition and the whole category of superfoods really was just game changing for me. You know, when I found out about a lot of these things, they weren't readily available. You know, I'd read a, a study or find an article about a food and I've got to like send off to these random places to, to get a goji berry from like the Tibetan school of medicine or some random thing. And now these things are, you know, kind of every day, you know, even in conventional supermarkets and things like that. So. There are so many wonderful foods out there for us to discover and that have been utilized for centuries. But this one that he talked about today, it's going, it's redefining what superfoods are because it's not just about the food itself and the incredible nutrient density, the benefits that it has for the human body, but the benefits that it can have for the planet. Reforestation, sustainability, because truly what are we leaving for our children, what are we leaving for our future generations if we're just all about consumption without giving back and looking at the bigger picture? So this is what I'm really just blown away. One of the things I'm totally blown away with in Darren's story and the work that he's done, it's just, it's crazy. So many things that folks have been exposed to, even like with Shakeology through Beachbody, they have no idea about Darren and that he he's the one who came up with the formula that so many people are utilizing every day. You know, he's that guy who's been working behind the scenes to make this stuff accessible. Now, coming out in the, in the front stage and being on the big screen in this incredible Netflix show, Down to Earth, which definitely make sure you check it out. Down to Earth with Zac Efron is, it's incredible. It's a great journey and a great learning experience. And by the way, so Barucas, again, go to barucas.com forward slash model. That's B-A-R-U-K-A-S.com forward slash model to get yourself a special discount exclusive here for the model health show listeners for you to try them out again there's different types it's got the trail mix that has the fruit itself in with the baruca nuts just crazy so so good and also one of the things that he talked about a little bit earlier in the show itself how that manifested there seemed like these random occurrences to have him sitting there with zach efron and I'm pretty sure they weren't sitting at KFC over a nice two-piece, you know, when they got together for lunch. There's probably some good food involved. And he just, he spoke it out, like his vision. 
And he talked about the power of that. And I want to reiterate that for you, how important it is to speak your, your dreams and your vision into existence. It's not some small thing. Each action we take, when we write a goal down, it's actually creating a tangible substance in reality, right? What's said is you're, you're creating a spell when you spell it out. You're casting something out to, to the world around you. It's kind of like, it's, it's not just, it's, this is not an airy-fairy thing what I'm saying right here, but some of the studies that I've talked about multiple times in the show, showing how simply writing a goal down increases the incidence of achieving that goal by 30 to 40% greater incidence of being able to achieve the goal simply by writing the goal down. Something happens when you write something down. Something happens when you speak it out what you want. Because I think it also, just looking at a granular level of this, it takes a level of courage to say what you really want. That act in and of itself is an act of courage. Just to say, to have the audacity to say that this is, an, this is a goal that I want to achieve. This is something I want to have in my life. Despite what circumstances might say, despite what other people might think is possible for me, it takes courage to do that. And you're eliciting the power of things that we don't really even understand to support you. You know, what's said is that the universe is conspiring for your good. The universe is conspiring to help you to achieve your goals. You know, and again, this gets into conversations that are above our pay grade, but we don't need to know how this stuff works. We just need, we know that it works. Writing a goal down, not just having it rattling around in your head like a, I don't know, what rattles around? Like, like a, uh, some some crumbs in a in a Pringles bottle. Why did I say that? Pringles just jumped to my mind. Why do they make? Why do they put chips into a tennis ball tube? Who came up with that idea? And why did we buy them? How do you get down? You gotta you gotta have those small small hand dimensions to reach down and get those chips. Why Pringles? Well, screw Pringles anyways. Screw them. They're they're not on that level with Barucas. I promise you that. I promise you that. So. Anyways, we don't want to just have this stuff just rattling around in our heads. Give it substance. Write our goals down. Speak them out loud. Speak them into existence. Communicate them. Start. You've got to put your ideas out to other people because most things that we achieve are going to be done with and through other people. Life is not a solo act. All right? Life is not... It, it, it's not a Beyonce album. It's Destiny's Child. No, that's not even a good comparison. I know, no disrespect to the beehive at all. No disrespect. That shouldn't even be compared. But life is not a solo act. It is indeed a multitude of, of choirs, you know, for incredible things to take place. So just, just keep that in mind. And I appreciate you truly so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, it's a very important subject matter, a very important topic. And just looking at the background of where some of these amazing things, these foods, and just the level of impact, where they come from. This is what we get access to here on this show. And I'm so grateful myself that I get to be a part of it all. You know, even the way that Darren came into the world that he shared, he came in traumatic experience, you know, as a premature baby. So he's got, you know, these things affect us, you know, and they affect our trajectory in life. And like I talked about, you know, there's now some really interesting data on the amnesia effectively that we develop from our early years of childhood. But 
the thing is it's amnesia. That doesn't mean the data is not there. Every experience we have is recorded. Every single thing from the moment, from the moment of our arrival here, it's all recorded. It's still in us, which is really profound. It's really powerful. But this just speaks to the conscientious nature that we can have in how we're raising our babies and creating a, an environment of love and support, but also challenge as well. You know, this doesn't mean life is all sunshine and rainbows, you know, to paraphrase Rocky, you know, the movie Rocky, um, you know, his, his, his esteemed coach. But, you know, we can create resilient, strong humans with a, with a blueprint and a template and a foundation of love. And, you know, that's what this is all about at the end of the day. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, make sure to share this out with the people you care about. Send it via text in the podcast app that you're listening in. Share it on social media. Do whatever. Just let's help get this information out to more people and to the hands and hearts of the people we care about. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. We've got some epic shows coming your way very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you've got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.